What's up, guys? Welcome to Broke and Stressed, a PT student podcast where we talk about our lives as broke and stressed physical therapy students. Throughout grad school, you'll come to find that the struggles that you're having happen all the time to thousands of students across the country. You are not alone. This podcast will share our personal stories and walk you through how we overcame some of our own struggles. I'm your host, Ruben. Let's have some fun, have some good conversation, and let's get into the episode. Guys, guys, welcome back. Today we have Colleen, one of my great friends that I've made through PT school. Finally have her on the podcast. I'm excited to have her here today. Finally made it. <laughs> she so made excited. it. And guys, just so you know, I'm in, um, I just been wrapped up with my clinical day. So that's why I'm like in the gym right here, but no one else is here. Um, but yeah, Colleen, why don't you go ahead and take a second to introduce yourself. Tell, tell the crowd who you are. Yes. Um, I mean, that's such a hard question to answer. Who am I? <laughs> Who really um, are you? Let's get, let's yeah. get deep. Let's dig real, <laughs> let's deep. real deep. Yeah. Uh, my name is Colleen Shear. I am an almost graduate of UIC's DPT program. Um, I went to U of I um, for my undergrad. Um, I am one of Ruben's really good friends. We are BFFs. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, Right now, I'm in the process of applying for residencies and also applying for jobs pretty much all around the country. So that's really interesting. Um, I like long walks on the beach. There you go. Candlelit yeah. dinners. Oh, yeah. Gotta have the candlelit dinners. Oh, yeah. All right, Colleen. So we like to start off this uh, podcast by sharing a couple embarrassing moments from PT school. But you, you have... <laughs> You have more than a couple, I'd say. You have like a good handful. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> Colleen has a, has a knack for getting herself in situations and just making us all laugh. Yeah. And like, like, yeah, very unintentionally, I would say. And it's great. It's real good comedic relief for us just as we're dying in class. But why yep. don't you go ahead and share a couple that mm-hmm. can come off the top, top of your head? Um, man, where do I start? Well, before I start really talk about my embarrassing moments, I just want to say that this is school. You should, don't be afraid to like go out on a limb to answer wrong questions or do something that you don't think, like you might not know what the correct answer is, correct answer is, but like go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's honestly, with that said, that's been a lot of sources of embarrassment for me. (laughs) Um, I was one of those people who like, I would always be afraid to be wrong. So when I started grad school, I'm like, I need to get over this fear. So um, I would just confidently yell out answers that like hundred percent were wrong. Like, and I like, yeah, that was a lot of laughs. Um, I've had a few professors actually laugh at me, um, but it was all in the good fun. You know, they're just like, absolutely not. Like, yeah, confidently, confidently, definitely not true. Um, Dude, that's something that's, I struggle with a lot and that's why I have I don't raise my hand unless I'm like 1000% sure I have the mm-hmm. answer because like damn I don't want to look stupid in front of all these smart people yeah exactly and like that's just the one thing I really try to overcome and I still that's, have that's issues cool. doing that. Mm-hmm. I like that for an example the first day of lab um, any kind of lab we've had like so we're in you know the room with all the plinths um, our professor asked for a volunteer and I immediately raised a hand. I go up to volunteer. Um, and he's like, okay, lay down prone on this bed basically. And I confidently lay down supine. No idea what, I had no idea what prone was. <laughs> and, um, I'm like waiting for him to keep talking and he just keeps looking at me and he's like, 
prone. And I'm like, what do you mean prone? Like I am. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like lay on your stomach. And I was just like, <laughs> cool. First, first day. Confidently wrong good, about good that. Good start to PT school. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was just the beginning of it. Um, man. Um, There's some other good ones. Yeah. Dude, there's like one every week and it's, it's there so is. funny. Um, and I love you for it. Yeah. Right. And we all love you for it. And yes. It's just great. Um, there was one time when we had to um, basically we just went over um, like motor patterns or like how people uh, when they have like a motor pattern that they realize like they, they have and trying to reverse it with the other hand is like pretty difficult. Yeah. And so we had one of our professors um, had like a maze up on the board that we would do like on a computer and you would go up and try to complete it with one hand and then try to do it with the same hand but backwards. And I was so bad at it that the professor laughed and said, I honest God didn't know it could take someone this long. (laughs) Oh my God. That was really good. Um, I've tripped a lot going up to do presentations. Um, There was one practical in particular, remember this, it was for cardiopulmonary class. Um, We had to talk about, is a practical of trying to figure out, you know, if it's um, angina, like myocardial infarction, um, if it's PVD, PAD, any of those fun things. And I came to the right conclusion. I knew it was like, so, it was something to do with, um, it, like I, I knew it was PVD, but for some reason I forgot that the V meant vascular and not vein. And I would be literally I was talking to the proctor. I was like, I know it's not PVD because that would be veins. And I like went on this kind of like a minute long talk about how it's definitely not the veins that's causing it. And the proctor was just looking at me. It was just like, I mean, you're, it's PVD. You just don't know what PVD is apparently. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah. And I feel like in those moments when you're doing those practical exams, they're just staring at you and they're oh, giving yeah. you the most blank looks. And you're no matter what, if you're right, you're questioning yourself. Yes, you were like questioning yourself. They're there the to time. make you feel like you don't have the right answer, even though you do. Yes. So it's kind of crappy. Yeah. But also, again, great skill because, like, in the clinic, again, like, you'll just have a patient and you'll be like, again, like, I think it's this. And you mm-hmm. can easily convince yourself it's not. But most of the time, I found that it, like, it is what your original hunch is. Yeah. You got to trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Man. Okay. That's enough embarrassing moments for today i'm sure if you guys have seen some of my vlogs you've probably seen colleen in like almost every one of them oh yeah yeah doing something yeah good stuff embarrassing (laughs) um but let's talk about another topic dude we're graduating we're graduating isn't that weird it's so crazy three years ago or two whatever i guess honest god i didn't know i didn't think we'd i would make it (laughs) dude we freaking made it yeah doctors oh, that's wild technically mm-hmm. do i feel ready kind of but you know are we ever ready yeah i mean i think the biggest realization i've had in the past like few months is coming to terms with even though you know i'm dpt i don't have all the answers mm-hmm. i still like i mean i thought i mean three years ago i thought like once i graduated I would be able to confidently take any PT job that I could. And um, I mean, that's simply not the case. And if there are any people that tell you that that's the case, then I think honestly, that's wrong. 
there's still so much that needs to be learned. And um, it, these aren't things that you can learn through class or through textbook. It's just through clinical experience, yeah. years and years of clinical experience. Yeah, it really comes down to the reps and just treating the patients and just being in the clinic. Because a lot of, yeah, like learning it in the textbook's great, but applying it is the most important part. Like, can you apply all the stuff that you learned with a real life person in front of you? And that's the test. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's the crazy part about PT is like, you're never, no one's going to ever know everything. And that's kind of no. cool. Like even my CI was asking some people for like what she would, they would have done in some situations. Like no one's going to be perfect. I had, um, so my last clinical was an amazing experience because everyone there was either like went through residency and had their OCS or went through or were a fellow or went through fellowship training. Yeah. And, um, like even then like they would constantly be bouncing ideas off each other and always asking each other for opinions and always like kind of searching for a flaw in their argument or a flaw in their um, thinking and trying to find out like if they were doing everything correctly because they still, again, like didn't really have all the answers. Yeah. And that's our, that literally takes time to build that confidence up mm -hmm. and you know, it'll, it'll be hard. That's why I think it's important to have like, either mentorship or you're, I mean, you're applying for residency. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna, oh man, that's gonna be cool. Yeah. I mean, if I get it, like, let's yeah. be clear. And yeah. again, like the biggest thing I'm looking for outside of residency is just a, a place that I can work at that has mentors. Like that yeah. is the most important thing for me. Yeah, for sure. Cause even the first year out, I heard it's terrifying just being on your own. I can't oh, even yeah. think about like just being on my own right now. Mm -mm. Even if my CI isn't just, is just standing there doing nothing, I'd rather have him just stand there if I have the need, have a question, you know? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but let's, let's take a second and just think about how PT school was and like everyone, <laughs> everyone should know if you're listening to this or watching this, whatever, everyone should know going into PT school, that is getting in is hard. I mm -hmm. think getting in might be harder than actually, I don't even know. That's debatable. But PT school is hard. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. Like, it is time consuming. Mm -hmm. It is difficult. Is it what you expected when you first no. heard about it? Not what I expected, really. I thought that it was going to be a lot easier than it was, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And like, and I knew it was going to be difficult. Like, I knew that not as hard as this was. And um, it really just made me have to become a completely different kind of student. Yeah. Um, in undergrad, I was used to being able to study whenever I wanted. Like I could stay up super late because my classes didn't start until a certain time the next day. Yeah. Um, you were really free to do whatever you want. Um, and I mean, in grad school, you still are, but it's so structured. Like you had, like we had uh, a policy where we had to go to every class, which um, I mean, I was very difficult for me to do because I would study best usually like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. But there's no way I could have done that in grad school. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it was just really a nonstop, I mean, study fast for a year, more than a year. I would say you'd get some breaks, but like even on your time off, like you should be reviewing things. Yeah. Um, but the thing I struggled most with was applying what I've learned. Um, mm -hmm. Again, undergrad, like, you know, I would take chem one, chem two, chem, you know, go to orgo camp, chem. And then that was kind of it. And then same with um, like my kinese classes. Once those classes were done, like, you know, that was kind of it. 
Um, but with this, like you had to keep recalling what you've learned before, but then you have to like use the information you learned in a whole new context. So when you're learning like anatomy and neuro, instead of that just being like concrete things, you know, you have to use those concepts that you learned in musculoskeletal dysfunction. And you have to know how to use those like while like putting your hands on a patient and reasoning through the data that you get from a patient. And I mean, it just, it's so much application and I was not used to that, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many hours of work did you put in like weekly? I remember we'd spend oh. some long days at the library. We'd spend hours there, get some food, get some coffee, then come back. Mm-hmm. And like, that was, that was our life. Like, that was our entire at, life. We lived at the library mm-hmm. for forever. And I loved it, to be honest. Yeah, it was fun. It had some yeah. good times in the library. So I would usually wake up at 6 a.m. I would get to campus at 6.30 in the morning. I would work out. Um, we had class at nine. We usually have class um, for like five to six hours, I would yeah. say. Sometimes up to eight hours. And then I would stay to, at the library until 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. every night. Yeah. So that's, that's um, what a it lot. Is. <laughs> yeah. Man, did you, were you a procrastinator in undergrad? Oh my gosh, yes. Did oh that did that change with PT school or do you mm-hmm. think it got better? It changed. It gets it gets better and then it gets worse kind of depending on the class <laughs> or what the project is. Um, you will get to a point where you will have no choice but like you have to just battle through this. Like you have to do this assignment now because you will literally not have a chance to do it later. Mm-hmm. And you know that your best, like you will do your best work if you start doing it now as opposed to later. Um, but there are still honestly some assignments where like, I guess I will be so mentally exhausted and I'm like, the only way I'll be able to complete this is if I had that extra pressure that it's due tomorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. There are times. Yeah. It, it did get better in a sense. And sometimes, and then sometimes it just, it, I got lazier and lazier. I feel like mm-hmm. COVID didn't help with anything. Yes. Um, COVID kind of made it way worse. Way worse, definitely. And I think that has to do with a lot of like motivation. I mean, it's hard to like have your eyes on the prize when like you're just staring at a screen. Yeah. Um, also, like we we had a really tight knit class um, and we would always be like kind of cheering each other on and reminding people to do this and offering to help with something. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that helps so much with assignments and like studying because there was always someone that you could um kind of rely on to keep you honest and to keep you um, motivated yeah that's true because there'll be days like yo you guys going to the library I'm like shit I wasn't going to but now I feel like crap because I'm not gonna go exactly Colleen's going so I better freaking go or like make up my studying somehow Mm -hmm. so I did like the fact that we kept each other accountable yeah with that said though I would warn every student every grad student undergrad student to never compare yourself to another person so Um, true oh my god mm -hmm. Like, I think it might've seemed like I had my life together first year because I, you know, I worked out almost every day. I was always at the library. I got pretty good grades and like I went out, but like, I mean, I was like not fully there. Like I was half a person. Um, person. Yeah. And like, just because someone seems like they're getting the hang of something doesn't mean they do. And also just because you don't understand something right now, doesn't mean you won't ever understand it. Yeah. Um, I know people will talk about imposter system syndrome for like ever. Um, and it's really something hard that everyone I feel like has to overcome. And the best way to do that is just to not compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Like it's not gonna, 
just because you don't know something, it's not going to be a measure of you as a person like yes. at all. Like you, so what if you're taking a little bit longer to have, you have to review mm-hmm. something a little bit more? That's not a reflection of you at all. Yes. Just, you know, just put in the work. Don't you like she said, don't compare yourself. There'll be mm-hmm. people that are excelling, obviously excelling, but you don't know what they're struggling with. You know, mm-hmm. and you'd, be, you'd be surprised talking yeah. a lot of like our classmates I'm like dang you're struggling with this like yeah so am I like yeah it's it is it's really um bizarre to see that mm-hmm. um I mean I think another important thing to talk about when we're talking about the transition from undergrad to grad school is an undergrad I was straight A's got A's on everything I mean I like I put effort into it not as much effort as I did in grad school but like I was excelling very yeah. well mm-hmm. grad school you will not have that same amount of success um, and you had to take again your self worth. You had to find other reasonings or um, um, meaning behind your self worth um, besides grades. Because honestly, grades, yeah, of course, important. You need to pass, but knowing the information is a lot more important. And uh, um, you're just not going to get that same validation as you did in undergrad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. did you ever feel? burnt out with how much work you're putting in and like studying and like like the effects negative effects on your like mental and physical health like Mm -hmm. all the stuff we're doing in school completely um so little background um i have like a learning disability i have adhd um so that was really difficult um in the beginning and honestly all throughout my grad school experience and i feel like that led me to burn out a lot and um Mm -hmm. i realized like I mean, I would keep trying to go, 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 but like I it ended up having, I had to just take a break because my health was deteriorating. Um, I ended up getting, like I have an autoimmune disease too. And like that kind of just like really like how hard I push myself really exacerbated all the symptoms that I was getting. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think it's so important in order to avoid burnout is to just, you got to take a break. Mm-hmm. You have to do things for yourself. So like my biggest like, release from stress and from burnout again was going to concerts. So um, I would go to concerts, like you can ask anyone in my class <laughs> once or twice a month. It was honestly borderline absurd, but like, those are the things that kept me sane. Absolutely. And yes, yeah. And there are, I feel like there are definitely times where I could have gotten better grades on an assignment or better on an exam if I didn't go to this concert, but I would have, I mean, burnt out completely. Like I would have yeah. just lost kind of like a piece of myself. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember one time, one of the, he was a third year. No, he was a second year at the time. And we were first years and it was finals week. And then he was like, Hey, I have a ticket for the 1975 concert. Does anyone want it? And I was like, you know what? Forget, I'm just going to go. I'm, yeah. I just bought it from him. I'm like, you know what? I, st- I put in the work. I'm going to reward myself with a little mm-hmm. break go to this concert. Do I regret it? Nope. I think I did okay on the exam. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but I stayed sane. Um, and that that's super key for just mm-hmm. your longevity, your own health. Yeah. Like people underestimate that. So what other, what other ways did you, other than concerts, what else did you do personally to kind of debrief and take breaks? Working out helped so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ironic because I'm now in a, in the past year I had um, like some health issues. So I wasn't able to really work out, but like that first year and most of the second year that was completely necessary. If you're like, I understand, especially because where I am now, but um, like if you're exhausted and you can't work out, like don't beat yourself up about it. But again, I would try to just stay as active as you can. 
um, so important. And we, I mean, we all learned that. So, um, but I mean, I feel like that really, like that helps so much. Um, trying to not let your guilty pleasures, like guilt you too much. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm a big book nerd. If I get a good book, I will read it um, all in one night. And I mean, I like physically like didn't allow myself to read a book for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. which is a horrible decision because like I've missed it. So like <laughs> you got, you can't cut out all the things that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, I mean, just simple hangouts with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say like, those are my top ways that I kind of regrouped as a person. Yeah. People say, or I guess people are worried often with saying like, oh, you're starting grad school. Like, I'll see you in three years. You're not going to have yeah. a social life. But you definitely did have a social life. So what are, yes. your, what are your comments to that, I guess, stereotype? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it wasn't easy to have like a really active social life during grad school, I will say. Um, I put a lot of work in during the week. I like hustled really hard um, in order to like have that Friday night or Saturday night off. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely some times where I think I... Uh, went out a little bit too much. I think I would have benefited from a night or two in, but um, for some reason, like I just like, I had to remind myself that there was a life outside of school. Like not all of your success is um, determined on how you do well, like how well you do in school. Like there's a world outside of school. And I think it was just like so important for me to have that reminder. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you can do it. It just like, it'll take a lot out of you too. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But again, I think the carryover, the like, the costs outweigh the, the benefits. The outweigh benefits the outweigh the costs. Yes, there yes, you go. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's how I approach it too. Is like I put in my work, in during the week, and I gotta earn my ability to go out Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but eventually, it got to the point where I'm just like, you know, I'm not. Am I really gonna do some studying on Friday night? So at least, at least a mild, mild hangout with some friends. Mm-hmm. And then just get back to it on the weekends. Like, yeah, exactly. It's really, it's really all about balance and mm-hmm. finding that balance can be hard at first, but I think it's easy. It's okay to be forgiving on yourself to not yes. study all the time. As grad students, I think we're very harsh, hard on ourselves. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a very also dangerous word is should. I should be doing this. I should be studying. I should be working out. I should be going over this review. I should be reading this article. Um, I've started to try to use the words I want or I need, or just honestly, just not even use those altogether. Just figuring out like where my priorities are. Um, and just to honestly just stop using that word. Cause it's going to make you feel awful. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. Just cause you feel the pressure of like, dang, I should be doing this. Yes. And then like, just even speaking into existence, just saying it out loud, you're just like mm-hmm. putting that pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I would especially do that when I was like taking a break or if I was like laying in bed and mm-hmm. I'm just exhausted, I'd be like, I should be studying right now. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to be doing? Yeah. What is my body telling me that I need to do? Yeah. And at oh, that time like that. it would be rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that better. And then, so now that we've completed our clinicals, we have a taste of what like working life is going to be like, would you say it's more or less stressful than actual school? Less definitely less a hundred percent less yes not even comparable (laughs) yeah (laughs) not even comparable yes um there isn't 
as much pressure to, again, like memorize and just like regurgitate information. Um, you have time to learn still. So like uh, there are a few moments in clinical that was stressful and like that usually stemmed from moments where I guess like didn't really know what to do with the patient next. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you can, like after clinical, like you can look up things that you should do next time and you can find answers. Um, it's not like a black and white thing. Um, Mm. you can also just like talk to the patient and be like, what are your goals? And always recenter your, um, treatment session around your goals. Like there's just so many more answers where you don't, you don't need to find just one. There's just so many more opportunities that you can like do well, I guess, as opposed to just like getting an A. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, you're not under that constant pressure. Because once you Mm -hmm. go home, you're pretty much, it's your time to live your life. um, Mm -hmm. And just be happy And the work balance, the work life balance, there's so much easier when you're in clinicals. And like when you start working, like it should Mm -hmm. be so much easier. um, Because you're not working for a grade, you don't have to go home. I mean, you have like research some stuff if you need to, but that doesn't take six, eight hours, you know, yes. Mm-hmm. versus you have to study for an exam three exams next week back yes. to back to back mm-hmm. like it's a whole yeah. different thing yeah and like again I know I've like stressed this a lot but you will continue to learn whether you're trying to or not mm-hmm. like it, for me again like my whole thing was like it was so hard for me to pay attention but even when I wasn't paying attention I was still learning and um you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know everything to be in a clinical. You don't have to know everything to be a good PT. Um, you have to know enough. You have to be a good, you know, make good decisions, like, you know, clinically, like rationalize your decision. Um, and I mean, if you put the effort in, like your patient will get better. Yeah. How would you say you've grown from starting PT school to now? Oh, wow. Exponentially? <laughs> in um, ways. Let's see. Wow. Um, I have a lot more faith in myself and Mm -hmm. um, belief in what I'm able to accomplish. Um, I think I'm a little bit more forgiving of myself um, for when I need a break. Mm -hmm. That's still something though I honestly struggle with. Um, That's hard. It's like a skill. It is really hard. Yeah. Um, I just the way I see the world is a lot different than I did before PT school. Definitely. Um, like I, again, I always thought everyone knew the answer to everything, but like getting older, like no one does, no one really knows what they're doing. (laughs) Um, wow. That's a really good question. I guess again, like believe in myself a lot more. Yeah. I've been, I've put myself at the ringer and I came out the other end. Yeah. Um, there's this really good song called Super Bloom by Mr. Wives. And I feel like that honestly like encapsulates everything that I'm feeling. Um, yeah. Good stuff. It's crazy oh. that think how much we've grown. Mm-hmm. Um, in just three short years. Yeah. Professionally, especially, I would say. Oh my God, yeah. Wow, um. I was... Oof, an idiot. I was so dumb. And like you were dumb. I just just wasn't at the top of your. No. Yeah. 
learning was my, was the number one. And then like being professional was like number 25. There you go. (laughs) Yes. Um, and just like figuring out like how to carry myself and how to kind of be like fulfill that role as a clinician. Yeah. And, um, showing respect to myself kind of for Mm -hmm. like that I should portray myself as a person who, you know, went through this training and is a clinician and has at this level of education, like I owe it to myself to portray myself as someone who did that, as opposed to, you know, my usual, like kind of class clown kind of personality, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. No, yeah, for sure. It's crazy mm-hmm. to think. I like when I we started. I felt like we were just children, you know, literal um, children. And then now we're just full grown doctors, adults, professionals. Yeah. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> it's, I don't. Blood, sweat, and tears. Literally, yeah. yeah. I mean, just like we're like. I know the phrase "professional" has been tossed around, like you know, my whole life, like professional athlete, professional cook, professional, yada yada yada, and. Um, it isn't until you actually become one, you really kind of understand what it means. Like you had to put this career choice or um, this decision like above everything else. And that means making a lot of sacrifices and like really changing yourself to fit that role. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at this side of the, at the end of it, I can say that we, I think everyone has. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, kind of, you don't want to necessarily change who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you want to be more professional, but you don't want to change what makes you you. What yes, you can't you fake it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, like, I will never be that stony faced professional that's like, again, super serious. Like, I yeah, will always super, be joking. It follows the rules to the <laughs> yes. T. Like, all of it. Like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. And like, you just had to carve out your own, what your own definition of professional is, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't lose yourself in the process because that's what I kind of did at the end of my second year. And I mean, it was a long, I mean, it was like identity crises after identity crisis and like figuring out who I wanted to be, you know, and like kind of that whole aspect. Um, but it has to, it has to be like a true aspect of your personality. Exactly. Oh man, I miss you. I miss you too. <laughs> Me and Colleen used to hang out like a lot. I just mm-hmm. hang out at her place and then we'd study at the library, man. Yeah. But yeah. with COVID, everything just became like so much harder. Yeah, yeah, it became, I mean, it literally became impossible. Yeah. But also, you are the busiest person I've ever met in my life. No, I'm not. You have 20 side hustles. That's an exaggeration. Mm. But guys, Colleen, thank you for hopping Mm. on. Do you have any final closing remarks for anyone listening that wants to hear your beautiful voice one last time? Not one last, it'll probably be on another episode later on, but we'll, we'll talk about that later on. Um, don't be afraid to be wrong. And, um, honestly, this is so lame. Believe in yourself. You can accomplish things that you would not think of that you cannot imagine. Hmm. It just takes a lot of hard work and effort and, um, commitment, but you can do it. Yeah. Agreed. You'll look back and think, wow, I really grew after I put in some effort Mm -hmm. and just worked really hard and went through the hardships that is PT school. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank mm-hmm. you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Colleen, again. And anytime. We'll see you guys later, guys. 
thanks guys for tuning in to today's episode of Broken Stressed. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to smash that follow or subscribe button to get notified whenever new episodes are released. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on YouTube or Instagram. Thanks again guys for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.